Ryan, I've called you here uh, for some extracurricular activities. Okay. Or I guess activity. No, maybe activities plural. We'll 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 get into it. Um, Any activity can be divided into sub activities. That's true. So we're doing a Majora's Mask podcast, and this is about yes. the closest we will get in striking distance to a topic that I wanted to talk about. So I'm seizing this opportunity and trapping you in a voice call to help me, like, get to a finishing point on a project that I've been staring at for some time. Okay. Uh, you're aware of the character from Majora's Mask named Tingle. Yes, yes, yes. So there is a sort of series of video games about Tingle that came out for the DS. Oh yeah, there's freshly picked Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land. And then there's like ripe Tingle's something else it's and ripe, then ripened. overripe Rotten Tingle's third game. I yeah. forget what it is. Uh so there's these games and I only became aware I like I knew of the first one. Because of, mm -hmm. like, at the time, it got a little bit of publicity because it's like, they're making a Tingle game. Isn't that crazy? Because it was pretty crazy. The early mid 2000s were, you know, just bad culturally. Um, and I wasn't even really aware there was a second game outside of like an abstract until uh, Riff and Jenny did a Let's Play of it. And it was a fascinating game to look at. Um, I'm glad I didn't play it, I'm glad they played it. I'm glad Riff played it twice, um, because at one point they lost their data. Oh. oh. <laughs> Spoilers for the Let's Play series. Um, but suffice it to say, I was like, oh, yeah, that's an interesting thing. Um, around the same time they were doing that, the video game Moon Remix RPG, a PlayStation RP adventure game thing, um, got a re-release on the Switch. And I mm. played that game at the same time as I was watching this Tingle Let's Play. And I noticed that the character designs were very similar. And I was like, wait, what's up with that? And then also the character designs in Moon Remix RPG were similar to Super Mario RPG. I'm like, what's up with that? And then I also realized that the designs were similar to the game Million Onion Hotel, which is a um, telephone game I, I, I played it on android a couple years ago when it came out which is like a weird puzzle game with vignettes um and like what's going on here this can't possibly just be coincidence right and so it led me down a, a investigatory rabbit hole that i have gotten to a point where i need to show somebody my work and they can value evaluate it uh value it We'll find out if I value it. I have linked you to... Oh, yes, I want to... Yeah, sh please share document. Good job, Google. Okay. Okay. All right, there's a... I, I have put this in a spreadsheet. There are three tabs on the spreadsheet. But Oh, my gosh. So, uh, what I'm here to go over today is what I've kind of called the greater... Love Delic Onion Games Family Tree. Because what I've put together, and I mean other people have done this too, but I really wanted to like dig in and see where things connect. 
But essentially, there was a game studio called Love Delic in the late 90s that put out a few games. Um, and then that studio broke up and formed three separate studios that went on to make other games that nothing is necessarily directly connected, but there's a lot of the same DNA because you end up with these same people working on these games. Um, I've also brought in some of the games that came before they all came together. Uh, let's go to the second tab here. Essentially, okay. so oh, Zach has been telling me about this spreadsheet for months, and now I'm finally seeing the spreadsheet, and it's not as like Pepe Sylvia as I was expecting. It's Good. pretty well organized. Um, I'm glad you said that. That makes me feel a little bit better about spending my time this way. Um, so the the big takeaway is that you had these different game studios that like came and went in some cases but then you also have like a cast of characters that are the people that i ended up tracking to see like what counts and what doesn't count if that makes sense right um uh, so like based on the these individuals involvements in different projects whether those projects belong to this lineage Kinda, yeah, and there's still some room where I, I've got. To, I, I need you to make help me make some calls on whether stuff counts or not. Okay, okay. Um, the primary three guys are Yoshiro Kimura, Kurashima Kazuyuki, and Hirofumi Taniguchi. Uh, these three folks are like the listed employees of Modern Day Onion Games, which is kind of a reunion of a bunch of the people that that all these people worked on Moon Remix RPG. And a couple games and then branched off and then they've since forth like come back together to start making stuff again together okay i also ran into three guys uh kenichi nishi taro kudo and akira ueda who all were involved in doing love delic stuff and then went on to become directors in their own right and, and i think two of them are still working one of them uh or we'll get into it um okay so, I don't. I hadn't thought about how I have to describe this on a podcast. The idea is I want to turn this into an image, right? Like a, a what do they call it? An I, infographic. I would like this to be a nice, pretty infographic someday. And so, I have got this divided up pretty well here. Uh, I'm going to just go through the branches, I guess. We'll start from the bottom. There's a few games that predate the founding of Love Delic uh, that I put here. I think one of them doesn't actually hang on this list. But you have, if you highlight over each uh, game, it lists who the key players are from my list. Do you see yes. that? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I like this. I, how do you do that with uh, in Google Sheets? It's a... Uh, I forget. Right click. You forget how to insert note. It's insert note. Huh. I think. Um, okay. Okay. So the big one that I knew of was Super Mario RPG, where you had Kurushima Kazuyuki, the character designer. Who this is? This whole thing is kind of his fault because okay. his designs are the ones that show up later in the Tingle games. 
And that's the one where I, I, I clocked that I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. I, I know I've seen somebody draw weirdo guys like this. Okay, okay. So he was a character designer on Smurpig. And also you had Kenichi Nishi uh, work on that game as well. I also listed Live Alive, which has a lot of different designers, but there's a few characters that are Kurashima Kazuyuki's, and if you look at them, you're like, oh yeah, that's just a, that's a Smurpig guy in this other game. Okay, okay. Uh, I put Suikoden here because I just like thinking about Suikoden. But okay. Hirofumi Taniguchi is a musician that's in a lot of these projects that we're talking about and did music on only that first game. He also did stuff on Contra Hardcore and a bunch of other miscellaneous Castlevania games. Okay. Uh, and so these these projects are 94, 95, 96. Yeah. I also put... Oh, I so th- I I think that it's safe to leave some of these on here, but I don't know if Swaykaden necessarily counts. I just like putting Swaykaden on there because I just like Swaykaden. Uh, in contrast, I could have put Romancing contrast. Saga two and three on this list of things that, um, you know, uh, predated this, but have people that worked on those games that eventually worked on these games. But I didn't think I don't know enough about Romancing Saga. To know if that would even count necessarily, that just kind of seems like a. Well, that's the research you gotta do, Zach. You have to learn more about Romancing Saga. Well, I brought you here because you're the Romancing Saga expert. Uh, I left that part of my life behind a long time ago. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to uh, dredge up those bad Romancing Saga memories. I know it was bad. I tell you what, the Romancing Saga fandom, or at least the way I left it, was a cesspool. Oh God. There was so much drama, so much power plays. I don't get to talk much on this episode, so I'm going to make up a bunch of stuff about Romancing Saga. To be clear, I wouldn't know a Romancing Saga game if I saw it. I'm imagining, like, a pixel art version of the movie Romancing the Stone. Am I close? Maybe. I've never played one of these games. Okay. I think it's Final Fantasy Legends, which I've also not played, but if that helps... Wait, Romancing Saga is Final Fantasy Legends? The Saga series is Final Fantasy Legends also. So anyways. Okay. All right, that doesn't matter. The first game that actually counts is Moon Remix RPG, a very fun, cool, and stylish adventure game for the PlayStation and now on the Switch and now on, I think it's on Steam now, probably. Um, You should play that game. Listener, if you take anything from this episode, it's go, go play that game. It's good. Um, and so this was officially, this was the first game by Love Delic. Yeah, Love Delic, which is a um, Yellow Magic Orchestra reference, I think, which is a what? Japanese band um, that they later collaborated with on the third game that they made, uh, LOL, which stands for Lots of Love. Wow. So they made Moon Remix RPG. They made UFO Day in the Life, and they made LOL, which I believe stands for Lots of Love. Uh, Those two games I don't think have gotten fan translations or official translations and seem less likely than some other things in this list to actually come out. And But they're all kind of variations on the same idea that a lot of these games end up in, where they're kind of just weird 
like in the middle of genre like adventure kind of games um we'll get into some of the other stuff and you can kind of i think you have you know some more about some of these games than i do so uh maybe i put this game incredible crisis off of here which technically wasn't developed by that team but was developed by kenichi nishi as the designer and if you've ever seen a video of it you're like oh yeah this is a weird game This, this this belongs on this list all right so they made between 97 and 2000 these three games uh after that the company went defunct and they all split up and you have three different branches that happen it's a branching timeline okay i love those on the ver- far left here, I've got this is punch punchline, where Yoshira Kimura, who ends up becoming the Onion Games guy, uh, made a studio. He made two games. He made Chulip and Rule of Rose. Okay, what's Chulip? Chulip is a sort of weird in between adventure game, <laughs> where you're like going around a town and your principal action is giving people kisses okay uh this is the one that i think is going to end up getting a remake before anything else interesting i I think that onion games has the rights to the stuff that on this branch where punchline the punchline branch yeah i think they've got the rights to that because they've talked about it more openly than some of the other stuff that they don't necessarily have rights to so ah okay i bet we will see tulip re-released on modern consoles someday um and then they made rule of rose which is a game where you give roses to people uh i forget i've already forgotten what rule of rose is i think it's like a period piece rpg i'm gonna gonna look it up because i have links on this other page it's during the War of the Roses, and it's your job to give all the roses to the warriors. Oh, I picked the wrong one. That's not the right company. I want... Let's do this. I can't wait to find out which of these games Zach thinks I know more about than he does, because I don't recognize any of these names. Okay, you were close. Set in England in 1930, Rule of Rose plot revolves around a 19-year-old woman... Trapped in a world established class hierarchy called the Red Crayon Aristocrats. <laughs> Psychological horror, subject of moral panic. What? Yeah, this is like a survival horror game. This isn't what I thought it was. Okay, well. What on earth? I don't know. Um, so they did that for a couple years and that didn't go anywhere. The uh, other two branches, the other two companies formed in the wake of Love Delic are uh van uh, vanpool and skip ltd uh and you've probably heard of some of the stuff that they've made you've got make sure i got the right one skip ltd uh okay made the game gift pia i think it's a game it's a game it's a gamecube game i think it has like a trophy melee uh well that doesn't narrow it down it it's uh just seeing videos of it it's kind of like a i don't know what it is i don't know you're a little guy it's very cubicle well it's it follows the protagonist pakal resident of nanashi island who on his coming of age ceremony oversleeps and misses the whole thing um 
the mayor of the island, Mayor, is so incensed that he orders Paco's arrest and a fine of 5 million mane, the game's currency, to recoup the cost of the event. Um, so you work off of $5 million debt, and it's like a Animal Crossing thing. There you go. Kind of a weird in-between adventure game. Sure. Uh, that they made I'm, I'm slowly figuring out what in-between means when you say in-between. Like not any real game. genre, just kind of doing like a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then they made Chibi Robo. Okay, we know about Chibi Robo. I don't see. I have never played Chibi Robo. Ryan, you've played Chibi. I've Robo. never played it. Oh, I thought you played no. Chibi Robo. I, I know thought... about it. I know that like some YouTube video was talking about how genius it is, um, because it's about being a little robot who helps people. It's cute. It's it's very cute. It like. It is. It definitely fits in this lineage of weird, cute games, and Rule of Rose, which doesn't seem to be cute. Um. So they make a bunch of those games. They make a whole bunch of other Chibi Robo stuff. Uh, and then they also make Captain Rainbow, which I think we've talked I've about heard on podcast before. Oh, we've we talked about it because Crazy Tracy's in it. Oh yeah, this is the um, bizarre game where you're like a superhero but not in a way that matters hanging out on an island with a bunch of like third string nintendo characters yeah 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 okay it's got like who's all in that like little mac was in that before little mac came back aren't like the, all the um famicom or oh, the advanced wars guys yeah all the advanced wars guys are there not all the advanced wars guys but just like the grunt soldiers the little units those nameless units are in there yeah yeah um so like the next studio we're going to talk about they kind of just became like a nintendo pet studio sure uh, up until 2015's game chibi robo ziplash where they co-developed it with vanpool the one we're going to talk about next and then they just stopped making games so okay I don't know if that company just got eaten by Vanpool or what happened exactly, but okay. Uh, so Vanpool, founded by Taro Kudo and Kazuyuki Kurushima, two people we talked about, uh, would go uh -huh. on to do a bunch of stuff, and they're still making games. Uh, they actually were the one of the co-developers on that Kirby game from this year. The Kirby game from this year. Yeah, they were the co-developer on Forgotten Land. Forgotten Land, okay. Yeah. Um, Zach is forgetting all about Kirby roll around eating things. I did forget about that. I didn't play that. Me neither. That's all I... I don't know. So they made uh, the game Endonesia, which seems to be another one of those where you're kind of on an island going around doing stuff, only you're a caveman. Okay, you have my attention. Uh, and then they made the some other stuff. They made the Tingle games, which I put on. So this is where I start to have to get really selective about what ends up on here or not. I okay, put Indonesia and the two Tingle games on here, um, which we've talked about. They also made a bunch of other stuff in that time. Um, one thing they made that I did not put on here that we'll kind of come back to is they did that mini game in Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga where Gino shows up. Okay, okay. 
but just that part of the game. You have to include that still has to be on the thing, though. Okay. I'm glad that's you... such a like compelling little weird detail. Yeah. Okay. That's useful. We're going to come back to some more Mario RPG stuff here soon. Okay, good. good. Um, uh, then, th- then they also made uh, a game called Dylan's Rolling Western. So why isn't this on the sheet that I'm looking at? Please go to the third tab. Okay. I'm looking at the third tab. There is a... So this is the weird, like... These are the, the fringe cases. Upside I... down, like dead dimension of the first tab. This is the I'm ones where I'm seeing the I... romancing saga games. I'm seeing contra hardcore. <laughs> this is everything that Zach like culled, pruned from the tree. It was actually it. It was the other way around. It was a lot of stuff where, well, not Dylan. I did cull because I wanted somebody to tell me it was okay to put him back on. Um, okay, but some of these were stuff after I had already made the initial that I was like, well, maybe I should add this. Maybe I should add this. So. Uh, Dylan's Rolling Western is developed by them. It doesn't have any of the developers from the old stuff, but except for uh, Taro Kudo, who is forever the voice of Dylan. Okay, but Taro Kudo is... When you say he's a designer slash writer, is he a designer slash writer on anything else? Or, uh, sorry, is he designer slash writer on Dylan's Rolling Western? Or seemingly, is he just see, the voice? Ac- according to looking at it, all he does on that is provide the voice. Okay. How, however, I still feel like that counts in spirit. Um, possibly. I haven't played those games, um, but are they good? I don't. know I haven't. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, sorry. Um, the thing is, I think what you're trying to tell is the story of these artists right yeah and their their weird interwoven journey and i think that if there's something that's a big thing in that artist's career whether or not it ma- it actually links up with everything else you have to include this guy being the voice of dylan because that's part of taro's output okay um yeah i i and like I including that, it okay I just wanted to conf- I, I felt self-conscious about putting it on for fun reasons and then you're like, "Well, Zach, the whole thing we're doing is fun." And I say, "Okay." I didn't say that. Thank you for your support, Ryan. Yeah. So, okay, but let's get closer to this other column E. I want to do some stuff with this column E. Okay. Um, um so okay, we'll count the Dylan stuff. Uh uh-huh. So, Taro Kudo, while he's not when he's not voicing Dylan, is somebody yeah. that ends up becoming the Paper Mario guy. So oh. not Oh my gosh. He didn't work on anything. He didn't work on Thousand Year Door. He didn't work on um Super Paper Mario. But he is the director of Sticker Star, and then subsequently just becomes the writer of Color Splash and Origami King. So would this be the as the director of Sticker Star? Is this a guy to whom Miyamoto says you can't make any new characters? Yeah, I guess. Oh my gosh! And so, I it's 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 fascinating, right? Super Mario RPG is on this list because some people worked on it that would go on to work on other stuff, but those people don't end up working on Paper Mario, right? 
But um, but this other guy who ended up working on people he were <laughs> Taro Kudo worked on games with people that made Super Mario RPG, and then he goes on to become the Paper Mario writer. Okay, okay, this is getting good. And so, just these three Paper Mario games and the mini games in Superstar Saga is as much Mario RPG stuff as I can put on this list, I think. But you mean also Mario RPG 96? Correct, correct. Okay. Um, Because at one point when I, but when I first started looking into this stuff, I'm like, well, if Super Mario RPG... I, I figured that surely Alpha Dream must have had a bunch of people that came up from that lineage too. Mm. And I was... Like, surprised to find out, no, Alpha Dream's pretty much a separate deal. Or was a separate deal. Rip Alpha Dream. Yeah, so surprising. A lot of that, this exercise has turned into seeing this, like, especially from the West, we see Japanese game studios as monoliths. Not even the ones named monolith, but, like, we see them as, like, it's, this is a Nintendo game. This is a Capcom game. And especially the way that, like, old games were presented, it was hard to see them for, like, individual studios. And so going through this has been really fun to see that, like, there's this whole, like, flowing group of people coming in and out of of, of the, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Like, the community of developers and jumping ship to different studios and then working back to other studios and it's very interesting uh an example is this column way over here that i put too far out um where i ended up g column g where i put a bunch of games from grasshopper studios okay uh grasshopper studios is suda 51's game studio oh he's the guy on twitter that posts all the sales Uh, that's a joke it's a yeah um i don't get it oh you don't follow wario 64 on twitter oh no okay he's the guy that posts he has his picture is suda 51 anyways um suda 51 has his whole own like he has his game studio and he has kind of his games that he makes that are all part of its own like continuity. Okay. So no more heroes and flower, sun and rain and um, uh, killer seven are all kind of like him doing stuff. That's like his interests. Sure. Sure. And there are people that uh, I guess it's just, uh, Oh, it's key. No, a couple people. There's a couple people that were part of love. Delic that would go on after that studio fills it up to go work for grasshopper because that's see. mid-level dev work. And a lot of that, they worked on those games, but I don't think they count. So flower, sun and rain, no more heroes, shadows of the damned. Those are all Suda's games. First and foremost, I think I have a whole separate list for that, right? Um, it looks like, but then what about shining soul? And Shining Soul 2. So this is Why where aren't things... those crossed out? Okay. Uh, these are on here because of Akira Ueda, who was somebody that worked at Love Delic. 
that went on to be a director of some games at Grasshopper. Because when Grasshopper's not doing stuff that Suda wants to do, they're doing stuff that pays the bills a little bit. Mm. And so they did Shining Souls 1 and 2, which is actually part of a Sega RPG series. Um, I didn't know anything about these until I realized that there was another game on this list that I wanted to talk about. Uh, remember Contact? The movie Contact? No, the Nintendo DS game Contact. No. This was the one that before Mother 3 came out, it got teased and it had the little scientist guy that looks like Dr. Andonuts. Do you remember this? Uh, oh. No, of course I don't. I don't remember any of this. Okay. Okay. I'm going to pull up a picture to illustrate the contact. I mean, I was... probably. I, okay, I see it now. There's a guy who looks like Dr. Andonuts. So on the DS, this was like right before Mother 3 got officially announced, They this game got like. Uh, revealed or te- it got teased there was like a teaser like website for it and everybody okay. saw the scientist dude and flipped out because they're like oh my gosh it's Dr. Andonuts Mother 3 is happening and the answer is it was happening but from a different studio Um, huh. so Akira Ueda over at Grasshopper got to make this game which is a really weird sort of adventure RPG game that I've tried to play a bunch of times and could never get into. Um, it's got like, you put on different costumes, which give you different classes and there's like cooking and fishing. Uh, it's a weird game. And it's a game that feels in line with the rest of what the, the rest of the output of these people is. And so I was trying to like, let myself put this on the list. Um, but it's so, like, it's so tenuously connected to, like, the only actual connection to the people is through Ueda. Yeah, it's Akira Ueda's game. He worked on that other stuff and then went off to go make his stuff. It's not like the studio is thought of as being, because it's somebody else's studio, sort of. Yeah, yeah. I guess that becomes a big question of ownership, and then we can start crossing our eyes and. Well, I think that what we what you're talking the the connections you're trying to draw, I think are a matter of personnel, but they're also spiritual connections, right? Um, this contact game matches the like aesthetic or outlook of the general onion games lineage and um it's an interesting point of comparison even if it doesn't really fit into the actual like family tree sort of thing you know what i mean yeah that's where i was at with that and so i kind of wanted to oh go ahead well i think that like as you're trying to make this as you're trying to draw this out in like a I don't know, complete or useful manner, what you've got to be able to do is present this information in a way that preserves the tenuousness of certain connections. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so I think that it's like, if you draw this timeline and you draw like, uh, 
in my head, the way it uh-huh. looks is like if I had like a thousand dollars to commission like a really cool piece of art for this, yeah, you could do like a tree. Like you get a tree, and you have like the trunk is the Love Delic games, mm-hmm. and then you have like three primary branches of like the three main studios, and then like maybe like a branch that comes out the back on top where the Modern Onion games is. And then you could put like other branches coming off the sides that are like these other weird fringe cases. So, um, I think there's where graphically is... a way to do this and include some of this stuff. Yes. Where the heck? I'm trying to find. Um, ba, ba, ba. On Wikipedia, when they're talking about um, musical artists who have been associated with different. Um, acts different groups they will do a timeline uh like this one i'm looking at here uh hold on how can i link you to this correctly yeah okay um here's the article for pavement and here's the uh down under timeline you see that it lists all the people um on the vertical axis and then okay on the horizontal axis you have all the years and then you can see that they have bars for, um, like, Stephen Malkmus is vocals all through this era, and then, uh, you know, on guitar in this era. And then there are uh, columns going down the thing for each uh, album and EP. And so you get a sense of, well, here's where they were being active, and here's what this person was doing while they were being active. Um, and I think you want to do something like this. But I think you want to, uh, because you have these connections that are more or less tenuous than others, you want to, like, I would I would turn this basic format uh, 90 degrees so that you're going down through time, right? Okay. And then you would be able to have a branch go off to the side and say, there is this game... Um, you know, when is Little King Contact? Story. Little King Story Contact in 2006 is like at the same time as Rule of Rose and Freshly Picked Tingle, but you can express spatially that it isn't part of the core lineage. Yeah, I think so. I think there's, if we did that, flip it on its side. The yeah. thing is, the the nature of all this information is it's not necessarily that helpful to just have like the box art or you know i think it would be very useful for um these games that are united by these character designs if you could show like the picture of the super mario rpg concept art and the picture of the lots of love concept art um and like be able to show those and so i think you want to do this in some kind of hypertext CSS madness situation where you can have images and also URLs yeah. so that the person exploring this can just click on a thing, maybe do it as an image map. (laughs) Even trying to explain it to you, I went ahead and did little mouse overs for some of this stuff because I was like, Um, that's the only way this is going to make any sense. So friggin' tool tips, um, use the whole, the, all of the web toolkit, um, at, at, to create uh, the ultimate Onion Games timeline website. 
true multimedia experience. And I think that, yeah, you want to have, I think that like the way Wikipedia does it with bands, have the main bars going down be people, right? So that if you follow straight down, you can always see what that guy is doing at any point in time. So I focus on these chuckleheads and yeah, try and don't necessarily pair it up with the studios as much. Uh, yeah, I think you can include the studio information, uh, like with color highlighting the way you have here. Okay. Um, but like because the studios are, you know, transient entities, um, and people are uh, more permanent and more interesting. I think you want to focus on the people. And then you can have their faces at the top. And they've got uh, really cool bios on the uh, Onion Games website. If you're. I was looking at those briefly. They're pretty cool. uh, Kazuyuki says he has a lot of experience in the video game industry as an artist. He says, I am putting pixels down one by one sincerely every day with a smile. So that's a cool guy. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's useful information. Yeah, I in my head I was like I can turn this into an image, but I think you're right that I need to do something a little. If this is going to be something that becomes presentable someday, it would be useful to have an overlay or something like that. Now, um, I want you to look at. I'm going to send you a link to. Uh, well, we're really going. Uh, very far afield Let's but go. um david wellburn does uh walkthroughs for text adventures oh i've seen these and um for some of the maps of these games he has to uh arrange you know s- uh, flow charts basically um that can get really convoluted uh, but he's able to do it with like CSS, I guess, or I don't know wh- exactly what's going on under the hood, but it looks really slick and it's like, it's generated. It's, um, oh, it's SVGs. Okay. Um, that might be what you've got to um, do. Yeah, they're, they're SVGs. That's crazy. Um, because you can make stuff you know, look really slick without like making a PNG or whatever that uh, has limitations as far as display of like text and stuff on top of it. Okay. So I think this might be the way to go. I might look into this. I don't know that this is a, in my like heart, I was like, what if I get this and show it to Ryan and then put a stamp on it and release it to the world tomorrow? Uh, But that's not going to happen. I'm busy. This spreadsheet? No, like a finished product. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, I don't. No, I don't think that do, you have that's to not, learn that's how the SVGs work. But I will probably put a photo of the spreadsheet up, so people can yeah. admire my uh, clerical work. I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, you're you're on a journey, and there's a journey <laughs> with a process. Yeah. 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 Okay. I think that's it. I think I've extended this as far as it could possibly go. Um, just fascinating. It's, it's cool. It's cool to, to break down like what 
like like where people you know from from an individual developer's perspective and track their career and be like well then they went over here then they worked for this person for a while then they worked for them for a while yeah it's i mean not necessarily with these games but i've wanted to track that kind of stuff with other things other topics i guess and so i can like even if i'm not personally invested in um you know million onion hotel and what that means um like being able to see this kind of information and being able to like show what am i trying to say actually having that kind of data represented will give people even people like me who don't know all these games a better understanding of like how the world works how connections between people and like the creation of art works over time so i think you've got something here all right well thank you for listening to me ramble ryan and hypothetical listener if this actually gets released (laughs) (laughs) why not it's content it is content delicious content yeah okay um well we'll be back next week with stuff about i noticed that mature's mask isn't on this list how did that oh not at all oh tenuous